Welcome to A Firm Foundation, presented by Princeton Ministries, with Dr. Ken Smith. This is Carol Smith, Ken's wife. Please enjoy. The Connecticut Mutual Life Insurance Company recently did one of the most extensive surveys of America. They made over 2,018 hour-long telephone calls to people around the country. They sent out over 4,000 eight-page questionnaires of leaders in industry, government, the military, education. And the point of all of the research some 1.5 million bits of information were gathered. And what were they interested in finding? They wanted to know what is it that affects across the board the average American to do and to be the kind of person that they are. And the point of all of the research, some 1.5 million bits of information were gathered. And what were they interested in finding? They wanted to know what is it that affects across the board the average American to do and to be the kind of person that they are. And in this report, they came to a startling fact. They found that there was one common factor across the board that had to do with every sphere of influence, whether education or politics, government, business and that there was one quality that could predict quite accurately how a person would act. That one factor across the board, commitment to religious convictions, And by religious convictions, they defined it very narrowly. And they set up eight criteria so that they would know exactly what do we mean by your saying that you have religious convictions. The qualities that they looked for, one, do you have a sense that God loves you? Two, do you pray? Three, do you belong to a church? Four, do you read the Bible? Five, have you had a religious experience? Six, do you participate actively in a church? Seven, do you encourage others to follow Christ? And eight, do you listen to religious radio? Contrast that finding by the Connecticut Mutual Life Insurance Company 
to what you and I are constantly seeing on television. It has been observed that there is currently in primetime television and off-time television no single person who portrays Christian values in a healthy way. The media has misinformed the nation about religious conviction. We all know how important religious conviction is. But if you looked at television, we're all being misinformed. De Tocqueville was a French historian who came to the United States in 1830. And he knew that there was something at work in this nation that was unlike anywhere else in the world. He says in his journal, I searched for the greatness of America in its factories, but I couldn't find it there. And then I searched for the greatness of America in its schools, but I still could not find the source of that greatness. I then searched the families, and still I could not find the source of their power. De Tocqueville says, it was not until I entered the churches of America that I saw there the source of the power of these people. Now you contrast that to what you have read in history books and what is being presented to us today as though the American nation was just simply based on a group of deists who knew nothing about God, who had no commitment to him. And yet one of the most noted historians says it was the things that was happening in the church that gave power to this nation. And in many ways, our history has misinformed us as to our roots and what it is that has brought greatness to this land. Recently, George Gallup did a study of teenagers in the United States. He asked them three questions. The first How many disciples did Jesus Christ have? Second, how many of you can name the Gospels of the New Testament? And third, can you tell me the religious meaning of Easter? Those children who were not churched, 19% of them couldn't answer any of those questions. 30% of unchurched children could answer all of the questions. But of the children who are involved actively in church, 43% of them were unable to answer those questions. Our churches have misinformed not only our youth, but our adults. 
about what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And it's about being misinformed that I want to talk with each of you today. Jesus Christ, unlike anyone in history, constantly was giving information that never once misinformed. He met with a rich young ruler, a man who had everything. The man comes up to Jesus and he says, Now, tell me, how can I have eternal life? Jesus says, Have you heard of the commandments? That you'd love your parents. That you shouldn't steal. That you shouldn't lie. That you shouldn't murder. You shouldn't commit adultery. And this rich young ruler says, Oh, Master, not only do I know those, but I've followed those. And I have kept every one of those. And at that point, Jesus does not misinform this man. Instead, he tells him straight. He says, there's just one thing that you've got to do. I want you to take everything that you have and sell it. And give it to the poor. You know why I want you to do that? Because you need my cross to bear. And friend, you don't understand at all what it means to be a follower of mine. Are you willing to bear the cross? And the scripture tells us very straightforward that that man was greatly sorrowful. Why? Because the thing that Jesus asked of him was too great. At that point, Jesus could have really hedged, couldn't he? Could have said, well, look at this. A very moral man, a very good man. Why, he's kept an awful lot of these things. You know, I don't want to point my finger at you, and I don't want to tell you, friend, you're wrong. Instead, Jesus said, friend... I hear you. Just one more thing. So that you're not misinformed. You're not going to make it by the keeping of the commandments. Because there's always one more that you're not keeping. And let me tell you that one. I'm afraid that the Christian church has done a lot of misinforming. A lot of telling people... You know, you are pretty good. You are towing the mark. Sure, there are a few areas where it's not working out. But I'll never bring those up. I'll never say anything to you. Why? Because I don't want to lose you. It's more important, I'm afraid, in the evangelical church to have more people who are misinformed than to have less people who are well-informed. Jesus had a ministry of speaking in parables. 
He says that these parables were given for those who have ears to hear. And those who don't have ears, you're never going to understand the parable. And someone asked Jesus, tell me, how is it going to be in heaven? Who's going to get there? And Jesus told a parable. He said, well, I'll tell you, it's going to be something like this. It's as though there were a king. This king has a favorite son. And the son is about ready to be married. And so the king gathers all of his messengers. And he says, friends, you know who my friends are. And I'm giving you the invitations. You go to those men. And you tell them that they're invited to the wedding. So the messengers quickly take the invitations. They scurry about town. They find the friends of the king, the old cronies who had been in his home many times. And they say, here's, a, here's an invitation. And scripture tells us that those people receive the invitation. Some of them took their invitations and said, you know, I've got to get back to the farm. I haven't got time to attend. Someone else received the invitation and they said, I've got too much work to do. Too much business that's been unattended to. And I've got to go. Then the scriptures say, and others took those messengers and they treated them shamefully. And they even killed them. And when the king learns that this has happened, he calls together his armies. He says, you know those people who were my friends? I want you to go to their villages. And I want you to destroy those towns and to take away those invitations and to let them know of my wrath and my anger. And the king calls together more messengers. He says, you know, those who I gave the invitations to wouldn't come. But I'm going to give you an invitation. And you are to extend this, not just to the in-house, but you're to extend this to the highways and the byways. You're to go out in those places that I've never been to. And I want you to find people who love their king and will come to the wedding of his son. And scripture tells us that those people were found and they came. And there was one man in particular. The assembly gathers. The king enters. And he knew the custom that everyone was to wear their kaftan, a piece of clothing specially designed for the wedding. And it was known that everyone who goes to a wedding wears their kaftan. And he looks out over all those who are gathered. And he sees one man who comes in his street clothes. And he's not clothed in a caftan. 
in the wedding garment. And he calls that man and he says, Friend, why is it that you're here and you're not dressed properly? The scriptures say that man was silent. He knew that he was supposed to come clothed in the right clothing. But he chose to come in his own clothing. And the king called his servants and he said, Take this man, take him outside, bind him, and cast him in that place where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. There are many who come to the church week after week dressed in their own clothing and they are misinformed as to what it is that God wants from them. There are some who come clothed in their garments of good deeds just like the rich young ruler. And they say, I've done everything. I've kept the law. And God, I deserve to come into this wedding feast. But there is no promise in Scripture that any of us can ever keep the commandments of the Lord perfectly. And if we expect to enter heaven by that route, the Scripture says, then be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. But there are others who come in the garment of the knowledge of Scripture. And for these, they know right doctrine. And they know what the Scripture says, but they have never received it personally. The Scripture makes no promise to anyone who will ever come before the Lord that they will enter heaven because of their knowledge of Christian things. But even still, there are others who come in the false clothing, the costume of piety. And they come week after week. Not only do they know their Scripture, but they are able to speak with eloquence on the things of God. And they would never miss the sacraments. And they would never miss their devotions. And they would never miss prayer. And they think that their piety is going to save them. But the scripture speaks nothing of a man being saved by piety. There is but one solution to salvation. And that is, it, that is through Jesus Christ. The personal knowledge that Christ died for me. And despite my piety, and despite my knowledge of Scripture, and despite my good deeds, God still loves me. Because I trust in Christ alone. And the cross of Christ is exalted. What is it that you trust in? Piety? 
church attendance, the sacraments? Or do you trust in Christ alone for your salvation? George Whitfield was one of the greatest preachers who ever spoke in this nation. Whitfield once was assembled in England before all of the nobility. And he told a story about a blind man who on many occasions had made a trip to his sister's house. And he had walked from his cottage the mile distance to the cottage of his sister. And always he was escorted by his dog who could see and guide him. The blind man set out one morning from his cottage with his cane in one hand and the leash in the other. And the dog began to guide him across the path that he had been on many times before. And suddenly a burst of fur and a rabbit ran across the trail And his dog did something that it had never done before. It broke the leash and ran after the rabbit, leaving the blind man with his cane and calling out to his dog to return. But the dog was out of earshot. And so the man, in his confusion, wandered off the path and found himself stumbling in the midst of the thicket in the wood. And he tripped several times and he grabbed his cane and he began to find his way until finally he came back upon what he believed was the path. And he dusted himself off and he thanked God that he was back on the path and he continued to walk blind but being led by a cane, not knowing that this was not the path to his sister's house but to the path to the quarry pit. And as he continued to walk ever closer to the precipice of the abyss, there was grass all around, there were birds singing, and the blind man continued to walk and tap his cane, knowing that he was getting closer and closer to his sister. And finally he came to what was inches from the precipice and he placed his cane out to touch the ground again but there was no ground and he lost hold of the cane and it fell silently into the pit assuming that it had just simply fallen from his hand into the softness of the grass the blind man took another step and now was within inches of the precipice And he began to lean over to pick up that cane. And as he leaned, he began to lose all of his balance until finally he came off of his heels and toppled head over into the abyss. And Jesus said, There are some who think they are on the right path, but they're blind. And you are getting ever so close to the precipice. Do not be misinformed. 
The business of the church is to point to Christ. Christ who will take your sightless eyes and give you sight. Christ who will unplug your ears so that you can hear spiritual things. The question before all of us this day, are you informed about the things of Christ? Or are you walking on your own path, thinking you are getting closer to heaven, when in reality, you're blind, you're misinformed, you're basing salvation on a quality that is not to be found in Scripture, then I would ask you this day, trust in Jesus Christ. Trust in Him alone for your salvation. Put aside your garments of piety. Put aside your garment of good works. And cling to the cross of Jesus Christ alone. That this day, you might be informed about Christ and informed about your destiny. By God's grace, may that happen. Thank you for listening to A Firm Foundation presented by Princeton Ministries. This programming is supported by you, the listener. You may go to our website, princetonministries.org, or send your donation to Princeton Ministries, Post Office Box 2171, Princeton, New Jersey, 08543. That's Princeton Ministries, Post Office Box 2171, Princeton, New Jersey, 08543. The Lord bless you, and Dr. Smith looks forward to hearing from you. We would like to thank Roan's Web Development Company for making this webcast possible. You can find their link at the bottom of our website, princetonministries.org.